thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Boy Scouts, what was the motto of the Boy Scouts? Be prepared. Be prepared. Yeah? I was in the Boy Scouts. I obviously didn't learn an awful lot. But anyway, one of the times I can remember being thankful for being prepared and having a wife that's prepared to help me was when I came to church early to do the worship and to help out with that. And um, I bent down and my pants ripped from top to bottom. Uh, I was prepared in one way because I had a jumper. So I could take my jumper off, I could tie it around my waist, it would hide my shame and spare everybody else, I think is probably the best thing to say. Uh, and I was quickly on the phone, Ros, can you bring me a pair of trousers? And I was prepared because I had a jumper. If I didn't have a jumper, I would have been there for all to see. And if I didn't have a wife that was wonderful who was prepared to help me, I wouldn't be able to get changed in time for the service. So being prepared is really, really important. And I want to ask you this morning, if the king is coming, are we ready? If the king has come, do we know him? Because people back in the day knew that a king was coming. The prophet Isaiah in the Old Testament promised hundreds of years before Jesus that there was a coming Messiah, there was a coming king. We're going to read the verses from Isaiah. I'm going to read them in the message. If you haven't got your Bible, if you haven't got a message version, they will be on the screen. So Isaiah chapter 40, verses 3 to 5, say this. Thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road straight and smooth. A highway fit for our God. Fill in the valleys. Level off the hills. Smooth out the roots, clear out the rocks. Then God's bright glory will shine and everyone will see it. Yes, just as God has said. Fill in the valleys, level off the hills, smooth out the roots and clear out the rocks. Then everyone will see God's glory. That is a message for us today. Even before we start thinking about Jesus, fill in the valleys. Some of us might need some valleys filling over today, things that we've had a dip, things where we've just gone, sunk to the lowest we can be. God says, I can make those valleys raise. Maybe we need to fill in some of those dips. Maybe we need to smooth the highway. You know, there's nothing wrong with pot. There's nothing worse than potholes in a road, is there? You know, if you're driving along and you hit a pothole, you just go, ooh, and you think, have I damaged the tire? You know? Turbulence in a plane, everyone says that's just a pothole in the sky. A bit different when you're 30,000 feet up though, isn't it? But anyway, fill in those rocks, fill in those things, smooth out the roots and clear out the rocks. So even without saying anything this morning, what rocks do we need to clear out to be ready? What rocks do we need to clear out to make the way passable for God to come in, for Jesus to come in and for the King to arrive? There was an Eastern custom that was a, a representative was sent ahead of a royal monarch visiting. They were there to check that out. They were there to prepare everyone for the arrival of a king. And there's a saying that Pete Baker from Pace says, and that is, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. 
So we're preparing this morning. We need to prepare the way for the king to come into our lives properly. We need to prepare the way for him to arrive in our hearts. And that is what Christmas is all about. Advent is a season of waiting, waiting for that day when we celebrate the birth of Jesus. Are we just waiting or are we preparing? Are we waiting and just expecting without us to do anything or are we prepared to do something in order for him to come in? Prepare. You know, Roz has made bouquets for members of the royal family. She's always cringy. She's prepared on a Sunday morning. When I say her name, she thinks, what's he going to say? Because I've not always told her. But she has made bouquets for royal family. She's made a posy for the queen. She's made bouquets for visiting royalty who've come up to Barrow, to come up to Cumbria. Can you, which ones were they, Roz? You can't, too many, too many to mention. Too many to mention. But before she made the bouquets... Somebody contacted her. Somebody came before, if you like, and gave her loads of information. What flowers were allowed, what flowers weren't allowed. What things that weren't liked, what things were liked. Whether you could use wires, whether you couldn't use wires. Things like that, yeah? Yeah? So that somebody came before in order to make sure that the queen's arrival was perfect as she received the bouquet. It wasn't the queen, it was more of the princesses and things like that, wasn't it? Kate? Kate Middleton? No. Princess Anne? Yeah, okay, just a few names dropped there. There we go. But if you're doing anything like that for the Queen, you receive information from a representative. And that representative relays and says you need to be prepared for the Queen to arrive. If you're a Christian in this place this morning, you are a representative of the King. You are a representative of the King. You are here to prepare the way for others. You are here to show them the road that is straight. You are here to let them see the glory because when we get rid of the rocks, when we get rid of those things and when we smooth the path and we remove them, God's glory will be seen. That's what it says. That's a promise. So as we deal with those things in our lives, those rocks and get them out of the path so that they can't obstruct, God's glory will be seen in us. And we are God's representatives. So the representative went before a monarch and as we approach Christmas, let me ask you this question. What's your most important preparation? What are some of you thinking about already that you've got to do? Who's not got anything left to do? They're all sorted. Joel, that's because he's not doing anything. That's fine. Okay. Um, anybody, anybody think, do you know what? I'll be ready by tomorrow. I'll be ready by tomorrow. A few more hands, okay? A few more hands. Um, maybe you're thinking, oh, the food. That's the most important preparation. Yeah, anyone think the food is the most important preparation on the day? Okay, the blokes, a few blokes, yeah, a few hungry blokes. The food is an important preparation. It's important to get that right, isn't it? You know, I live in a, I've, I've married into a family where meat and two veg isn't enough. It's meat and about 300 veg, and it lasts till at least the next three weeks. Um, and if we don't eat it, the peacocks eat it, you know? I'd be quite happy with some turkey, some potatoes, and some peas and cauliflower, something like that, but we've got to have everything. And the food has got to be prepared. Maybe the preparation of the food is your important thing. Maybe it's the presents. Who thinks, you know, preparing the right presents, the right gifts is the right thing? You know, a few people aren't joining in with me this morning. Chris, thank you for joining in with me. It's because you've been here early, you've been up earlier, so you're awake. Well done. Maybe it's the TV guide. What are we going to watch? TV planner, who's, who's, who's excited for preparing the TV planner? Oh, a few people at the back there, okay? Yeah, the TV planner. Is Doctor Who on Christmas Day this year? 
No? Okay. New Year's Day. Yeah. Why have they changed it? Changed traditions. Terrible. Gavin and Stacey. Who's excited for Gavin and Stacey? A few people. Yeah? We're sort of measuring the crowd here. Um, you know, we are not excited about preparing all that stuff, really. We need to be more excited about preparing the way for the king. Because that's what it's all about. So what are we doing to prepare the way? Because Jesus isn't interested really in what food you're going to have on Christmas Day. You know, he's not interested in really what gifts you're going to give each other. What he's interested in is you accepting his gift of grace. What he is interested in is you being prepared and your heart being open to receive all that he has in store for you. So let's chuck out the rocks. Let's smooth out the roots. Let's fill in the valleys. And let's level the playing field. Anything that derails the monarch, we need to try and get rid of. Anything that gets in the road that the king will take to get to his destination needs to be moved, needs to be sorted out. You know, it's often said that when the queen visits anywhere, everywhere smells of fresh paint because they immediately paint everything to make sure she doesn't get offended by the paint. And actually, that's just covering over, isn't it, really? You know, the king that we have isn't interested in just covering over. He wants to remove he wants to make straight. He wants to make right. And he can make right. You know, one of the things we often talk about in our Fresh Start course, and someone reminded me of this morning, is we aren't bad people. We sometimes just do things that aren't great. And you know, it doesn't matter who you are. God can make things right. How can he make things right? Because a king came for you. A king came and the way was prepared. So these verses were said way, way back before. Many were waiting for his arrival. You know, Jesus was promised. We've read those verses this morning that tell us that Jesus was promised. And many were waiting for this promise to arrive, yeah? Yeah? Yes. But do you know what? Many of them missed it. Many people, even though they were waiting for this Messiah, they'd heard this promise. They'd heard other things and hints along the way, but they missed it because they were expecting the wrong thing. Because with preparation comes trust. With preparation comes trust. You know, tonight... We've announced on our little sheets that there's a Chris Dingle carol service at Walney. We're prepared to do this carol service, this Chris Dingle service with mince pies. So somebody, I'm trusted, surely has got millions of mince pies. So you need to come and eat them. Otherwise, we'll be eating mince pies next September at the very latest. Okay? We're trusting that people will come to it so we can celebrate Jesus. And people are coming to it trusting that we've got something to do for them and something for them to join in with. So with preparation comes trust. Trust that people will come. Trust that things will be provided. Tim's mentioned the New Year's Eve party. That often is a real experiment in trust because not everybody lets us know that they're coming. And it's a bring and share. So if you don't bring, there's nothing to share. So there's a great trust in that preparation. That preparation, you know the date, you know the time. But what are we doing about it? Because prepare is important, but we trust within it. How about I tell you, because those things are in the notice sheet. You know the time, you know the place, you know what's going on. It's up to you whether you turn up and do it. How about I say to you, January the 7th. Ooh, who's excited? Who's excited for January the 7th? Okay, well, I'm telling you this morning to trust me. Because January the 7th, there's something exciting. Okay, something to look forward to. There's something to look forward to, something to look out for on January the 7th. Possibly entertaining, maybe exciting, maybe something you'll enjoy. 
Oh, okay, that wasn't what I'm thinking. Because not everybody in this room has got kids going back to school. But there is something on January the 7th for you all to look forward to. Do you want to know what it is? I'm not going to tell you. You've just got to trust me. You've got to trust me. You've got to trust me. Because in the preparation and in the waiting, there's got to be trust. And over the coming weeks, I might drop some little hints. I might give you some little pointers. But do you remember this, January the 7th. And I'll tell you something. Some of you in here, you know you've already been promised it. But maybe you'll miss it because you'll just forget. Maybe you'll forget January the 7th. Maybe some of you already are thinking, ooh, I'm going to try and work out what Johnny's talking about. Who's thinking, who's thinking, I'm going to work out what Johnny's talking about? Yeah? Who thinks they know what I'm talking about? Okay, Lindsay might have a good idea, yeah? Okay, I know some of you might even pester me for more information. Some of you might pester me to say, Johnny, what is it? What is it? I tell you now, if Lindsay didn't know what it was, she'd be on at me all the time. But I'm asking you, in the preparation and in the promise, you need to trust. We need to trust. Some of you want to know everything right now. You can be mildly interested today. Some of you are thinking, do you know what, I wish you'd move on from this January the 7th thing. Because you're not that interested. And you're thinking, you'll just forget when you walk out of here anyway. It's not a big deal. But I want to tell you this. On January the 7th, if you're prepared you'll be able to see what's exciting. And if you trust me, you'll remember it. But I want to say this, that Jesus was promised. No date was given, but there was pointers as to where he would be coming, where the king was going to arrive. There was little information given. Bethlehem, we knew he was going to be born in. We knew the region. We knew he was going to be a part of Nazareth at some point. There was lots of promises, and we knew that he was going to be born to die so that we could be forgiven. But people, even though they knew that promise, the the children of Israel, the Jews, they knew that promise, but they missed it. Because somehow they were expecting something different. When I share what it is on January the 7th, you might get a bit disappointed. Jesus wasn't born in a palace. People were expecting this victor to ride in on a white horse, to destroy and defeat to conquer the Roman Empire, to, to shoo them out, They're expecting this king to be born with, with different powers for the people. And as people waited for the promised king, they didn't have every detail, but they had lots of hints along the way. This morning, we know the king was born. We have the advantage of hindsight. But even though you know the king has already come, many of us in our planet don't even care. Many of us in our world and in our towns have heard it and just go, I'm not interested. And yet this is the arrival of a king. This is the arrival of somebody who can transform and change our lives. And you know, many missed it and many keep missing it today. They were expecting a king in a palace, a rich surrounding, gloriously wrapped. Yet he came and was born into poverty. He was born into a stable. He was born where there was no room for him. He was born and Jesus knew a life that wasn't easy. You might think this morning, how can Jesus help me? I am desperate. Jesus was born into a pretty desperate situation. There was nowhere to stay. His first bed was an animal feeding trough. Jesus knows what it is 
to be desperate. But he also knows what it is to be filled because he was fully God as well as being fully human. So how do we prepare the way for the king to arrive? First of all, we need to prepare the way into our own hearts. Get the rocks out. Smooth out the rough areas. Give it to him. But then we need to prepare the way for the king to come in the lives of others. We need to prepare the way for the king to arrive in the lives of others. And you know, some of the rocks that can be obstacle are in our lives and can stop others getting to see the king. What obstacles and rocks are in our lives today that others will see and will stop God being glorified? Remember that promise of those verses. If we do these things, if we get rid of the rocks, if we prepare the way, if we do those things, then God will be glorified. His light will be seen. Is that what we want? Well, what are we doing? How are we preparing? How are we smoothing? How are we filling in? We are his representatives, and how well do we represent? How well do we represent? Because maybe the only people some of us will see is Jesus at us. In the New Testament, these very verses from Isaiah are used to announce the arrival of Jesus the King in his ministry. John the Baptist goes speaking into these desert places. Matthew chapter 3, verses 1 to 3 says this, While Jesus was living in the Galilean hills, John, called the baptizer, was preaching in the desert country of Judea. His message was simple and austere, like his desert surroundings. And this was his message. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. Change your life. God's kingdom is here. In the NIV it says repent. Turn from the, turn from the stuff that's dragging you down. Turn from the rocks that get in the way. The God's kingdom is here. John and his message were authorized by Isaiah's prophecy. Thunder in the desert. Prepare for God's arrival. Make the road smooth and straight. Change your life. Why? Because the king is here. That message is the same today as it was 2,000 years ago. Change your life. Because the king is here. Jesus is here. Jesus has come. Jesus has paid the way and he's enabled you to take the rocks and throw them away so that the king can come in. And as he comes into your life, others will recognize his glory. Change your life. You can't do it through your own strength. You can't just do it because you try hard. You can't just do it because, you know, you've done a few good things. The only way you can change your life is allow him, the king, to come. The king to come. Matthew chapter 2, just before this, verses 1 to 6, says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east, the wise men, the kings. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, 
Judah territory. And then they share a hint that's been given before. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. It's another promise. It's another hint along the way of where Jesus is coming from, that the king is coming, the ruler is coming. Are we ready? Are we prepared? Are we ready to accept everything he wants to do in us? You know, these scholars were educated men. They were students of the skies, students of the stars. They weren't some Russell Grant type character. They were looking at the skies and waiting because they knew there was a promise of a star rising, of a star appearing. You know, we see in our nativity, don't we, of somebody, Rebecca on Sunday, I think, dressed up as a star, and the kings follow the star, and they walk around going, three kings traveling, bumpity, bumpity, bump, and all that. Ah, gets in your head, that one. And they follow a star, literally follow a star that then hovers over a stable. That isn't the message that's being given. These kings had been looking to the heavens because a sign had been promised to appear in the heavens. The shepherds got angels. The shepherds had a host of angels who spelt it out to them, who shouted it, who proclaimed it, who said, the king is here, go and see him. The scholars or the kings or the wise men, they had been patiently waiting. They expected it because they'd studied it. Because they were waiting for the promise to come. Signs of the promised king. A star that meant something. Announcing the arrival of the king. Change your life. Because the king is coming. So what do they do? The king is coming. We need to do something. Is that our attitude today? The king's come. What are we going to do about it? The king is here. What are we doing about it? How are we glorifying him? How are we showing his light? We need to be somewhere. This is their attitude. We need to be somewhere. We need to worship. That's their attitude. Why? Because the king is here. When we come to church on a Sunday morning, are we thinking as we get out of bed, oh, I could just stay in my warm duvet. Yeah? My duvet is really heavy. I struggle to lift it off some days. You know, is that what we're thinking as we come to church? Or are we like these wise men because they were wise? Some of the ladies, Ros always makes the joke that it's impossible to find three wise men, but anyway. So, wise men. They were wise. So what did they do because they were wise? They said, we need to worship. Is that our attitude on a Sunday? Do we prepare ourselves for the king to come in on a Sunday morning? Because all the week, we've spent the week getting dusty, and we've spent the week picking up rocks and putting them in the way. We've spent our week, a few divots and a few ruts appearing. And we are here to worship. Why? Because the king is here. We're here for an audience with the king of kings. We're here because he's here. But you know, not everybody is thrilled that the king has come. If we go out into the streets of Barrow and started telling them the king has come, come and worship, what do you think the response will be? And do you know, some of that response will be caused because of what they've seen in others' lives. Some of that response will just be because they're focused on their surroundings and they're so desperate that they can't see beyond them. Some of that response will just purely be because of the way that the church and Christians across the, across the years have just not portrayed God's glory because they've, they've either put too many rules in place or they've tried to be legalistic or they've judged or condemned. A lot of people say the church is full of condemnation. What did Jesus say? 
there is no condemnation for those who love me. And yet still we point fingers, still we don't listen. You know, many people in our country aren't thrilled with the royal family, especially at the moment. If you meant to mention Pizza Hut in Woking or Pizza Express in Woking, it gives all sorts of scandalous images, doesn't it? But many people on Christmas morning, millions in fact, will see the Queen speak about the year. You know, many of you might watch the Queen's speech. Many of you might be preparing already for that three o'clock slot to sit down and listen to the Queen. And as she speaks, she usually speaks about her year and shares her faith. Because as, a, as our monarch, she is incredibly faithful to Jesus. She's incredibly positive. Don't know about the rest of the family, but she always shares a positive message about Jesus. And you know, not everybody wants to hear that message because since 1993, there's been an alternative speech on Channel 4. Started with Quentin Crisp because he was deemed to be a queen of sorts. That's what they said, and that was why they chose it. Controversial. And some years, it's been humorous. Marge Simpson has done the alternative speech. This year, I think it's a... a, a, a I can't remember who it was, but it's a, a guy. Oh, this year it's John Burko. <laughs> so he'll probably just be going, order, order. So on Channel 4, while the Queen's speaking to millions, there'll be somebody trying to distract and dissuade people from watching the Queen's message. What's distracting people from listening to the King's message? What is distracting things in our lives that stop people from hearing what the King wants to say to others? Are we spreading an alternative message? Oh, we're spreading the message that John said. Change our lives. I know somebody who's changed mine. And he can change yours. Because the king is here. That's what Christmas is about. That's what we're doing. Ali G's done the Christmas message. I'm sure that was entertaining. Probably very controversial and offensive. But as we come to the end this morning, as we try to prepare the way for Jesus to come into our situations and lives, there will be people who oppose ridicule and have very alternative views but should it stop us from saying the king is here come and worship come and be changed Herod's response was terror why was Herod's response terror because he feared losing his status do we worry about our status this morning do we worry about what people think of us a lot of us do Herod's problem was worry about his status Herod's other problem was that he was jealous. Well, we already know, love isn't jealous, is it? Herod's problem was he wanted to stop it at all costs because he was king and he was the ruler and he wasn't going to let anybody else take his place. There are many of us in here, many of us here in our country who have that same attitude to Jesus. I'm in charge. What I says goes. Nobody's going to take my place on the throne of my heart. The king is here. Will we let him rule? Will we let him sit on the throne of our lives? It would mean change. Why? Because John the Baptist said, change your life. The king is here. Are you prepared for change? Are you prepared for things to be turned upside down? Are we prepared for our minds and lives to be transformed? Are we prepared for our attitudes and opinions to be in line with the way of the king? Because Jesus says, I'm here. Come and worship me and change your life. Be transformed.
But before Jesus starts to show evidence of his kingship, he has this representative who announces him on the scene. John the Baptist. Prepare the way for the king. John chapter 1 verses 6 to 8 says this. The same story from Matthew, but put in a different way. There was once a man, his name John, sent by God to point out the way to the life light. He came to show everyone where to look, who to believe in. John was not himself the light. He was there to show the way to the light. I don't know what your opinion of me is, and I don't want to know what your opinion of me is, unless it's really nice and builds me up, okay? Oh, thanks. Thanks for that. That's okay. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. Okay. I don't know what your opinion of me is, but I know what God's opinion of me is, and that's all that matters. It really is all that matters. I don't know what you think of me, but I know what God thinks of me. And I know as I read that verse in John, I am not the light. We often get people thanking different people, and it's great to be encouraged. It's great to thank people. It's really important. And I know Naomi and Jeff, Naomi especially, will appreciate the fact she was thanked without being here because she cringes, and she goes bright red. She gets embarrassed. Some of us live for thanks. That's wrong because the glory goes to God. The glory goes to God. You know, many people have thanked, thanked us for things we've done as a church, thanked individuals for things we've done. I want to stress this this morning. Johnny Harrison will not change your life. Ros will tell you. <laughs> Only for the worse in some ways. Okay? It'll get more messy with Johnny Harrison involved. Okay? Johnny Harrison will not change your life, but Ros Harrison won't change your life. Because she's mine. No. Ros Harrison won't change your life. The only person who can change your life is the king. And that's these verses about John the Baptist who came to prepare the way for the king to come. He said, I am not the light. I'm just here to show the way to the light. To make the road smooth. To show you to check out some rocks. To fill in the ruts so that the king can come in. Are we ready? Are we ready for change? Words are great, aren't they? be great for me to say, I'm here to show you the way to the light. Words, I could tell you about the light. Yeah? Every Sunday morning, I tell you about the light. You could tell people till you're blue in the face. But the time for action is here. What are we going to do? Prepare the way for the king. We need to change our life because the kingdom is here. The king is here now is not the time, sorry, now is the time, not later, now. Because the king was coming, and the king came, and the king is coming again. Are we ready? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that the promise of Jesus was yes and amen, that you always keep your word, you never give up, you never ever let us go. And Father, this morning, I pray that you will use us as church and as individuals to show your glory and to point people to the light that is Jesus. He said, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. Where there's light, there can be no darkness. Father God, I pray, Lord, for your light at this Christmas to chase out the darkness from our lives. I pray, Lord, for the rocks that we keep hold of, that we keep putting back in the middle of the road, that we will just kick them away once and for all that the potholes in our lives will be filled in. 
that you'll show us that we are not here just to, to serve, but we're here to point the way and we're here to show. So Father God, I pray that we are prepared and ready for the King. As this Christmas, as we prepare food, as we prepare gifts, as we prepare television guides, let us prepare more importantly the way of the Lord in our own lives so that we can prepare others to see him. In Jesus' name, amen. As the band comes up.